All right, Jeff, you come loaded with stuff today? I've already got a little bit of a problem. I, I normally... We, got, we had him started. You got a problem? <laughs> we normally, um, you know, I, I jot things out on my phone, you know, leading up to it. And then the night before, I, or day before, I print them out. And I did that yesterday. And, and I sat down last night, kind of went over them. And I thought for sure I'd put that piece of paper in my satchel here. But I, I so can't you got find no stuff. it. You got no well, I've got it on my phone. I'm okay. in my notes. But it, it's a little more cumbersome, so... Um, <laughs> just giving you a heads up. All so, right. Well, let's see what happens. Keeping it real here. All right. It may, you, you may do better without your notes. I know. I show. thought of that. I honestly thought about sometimes just coming in with no notes and seeing. I think what you should put your phone I, away. I, I think, think we you should see like. what happens. Just roll with it. <laughs> Make it raw. I'll it, turn. I'll turn it upside down here. Just okay. Anyway, I'm Roger Fields. I'm here with Jeff, and uh, we're the Fields did Brothers. The, uh, did the did the part with the. Uh, I guess that I just missed them. We were talking over my daughter when she came in with the. We already the did Fields the intro, brother. Jeff. I know. Well, I mean, attention. I heard the music. I just you have didn't headphones hear her part. for a reason, okay. Jeff. I probably so talked can... over her. So I'll turn my phone kind of backwards here so I can't see the notes. Oh, we'll gosh. just see what happens. Yeah, so. Jeff's daughter is the one who does the intro for us. So anyway. All right. So what do you got? I have a, I have something I want to lay on you to see if you can figure this out. Oh, yeah. But if you have something else, I'll well, let you I jump just, in first. Well, you know, Oak Ridge Boys. I thought I'd update you on our All Oak right, Ridge Boys ahead. concert. Yeah. We yeah. went to that uh, yeah, let's last just, Friday night. how old we really are, Jeff. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's talk about the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> so, Teresa and I went to Nashville. I'll try to keep this brief. But I had a wonderful time uh, there at the Gaylord. There's probably several hundred people in there in the ballroom sitting around round table. Met some friends, sat in tables of round tables of 10. So, we met some other really friendly yeah. folks there. We were probably the youngest ones at our table there's several buses. you were the youngest ones at the table so, really yeah, okay so. yeah, yeah we definitely were all right Without a doubt we were okay and um one of the younger ones in the room for sure now this is in nashville and, and nashville the gaylord resort right. and there were several at the beginning they welcomed there was like four or five different bus tours you know i've not done that but I that's think you're aware deal, yeah. for seniors, that's a big deal, taking bus tours and that all that. That might this. be us one day, Jeff. It, it very I well, don't know. Maybe we, we can start our own. We, yeah. can, we get a big bus. This is the yeah, Fields yeah. Brothers show on Do the, the side. the show on the road. So, right. But um, the uh, it's amazing how long those guys have been together. You know, they introduce each other, you know, the, and the, the new guy. Um, I didn't know there was a new guy. Yeah, he's only been with him since 1974. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> real new. Okay. And he's actually, he had a bum leg. He had to sit on a stool the whole time. He said his leg doesn't hurt him. There's no pain, but it's just a bad leg, he said. So, I mean, he needed help on and off the stage. But it started dinner at 6, started bringing up the food at 6, started the concert about 7, uh, did some of their songs they're famous for, and so what do you keep looking around? Well, I mean, do they do okay? So I'm asking. I mean, do they do like their old gospel stuff, or do they do their country? Not stuff? Not their or? old gospel stuff. They did some of their old pop stuff, Elvira, and some and of the stuff they made. You know, okay, and then they did some kind of silly, you know, jingle bells, some lighthearted. But then they took it. Then they went over. There was no intermission, but they went over at one point, sat in four rocking chairs. They said they had a year where Cracker Barrel, or a couple of years where Cracker Barrel sponsored their tour, and they had they had <laughs> oh, rocking gosh. chairs from that. And um, and then they no longer sponsor, but they kept the rocking chairs. So they had the rocking chairs <laughs> up on stage. So they go right. So they go over and sit on these four rocking chairs. That was pretty cool. They would one at a time kind yeah. of talk about their background, where they were from, and yeah. you know, sentimental Christmas stuff. And they did some singing from there. Then they went back, had Santa Claus up on the stage, they invited all the kids to come up to see Santa. Well, all the kids was like four or five wow. know, out of a group of several hundred. But then they closed with some more serious uh, Christmas songs, uh, finished with Joy to the World, or a great rendition of Joy to the World. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't know how long the thing would last. They started singing about 7 o'clock. 
and I didn't know if they'd have an intermission or not, or they do an encore or not. About eight, you know, the last song ends about eight fifteen. They wave and everyone claps, and it was like both the members of the quartet and everybody in the crowd was kind of glad to. Yeah, that, that, it's been a good night. It's eight fifteen. It's getting late. Let's call it. It's trying to turn in. All right. it really, so, it, so that was fine. But it was, we, oh, we, we enjoyed it thoroughly. So anyway, that's so they're my, there that's for like a couple of weeks or something. Oh, yeah, they're from like Thanksgiving to Christmas. Their last one, and they've done it before. That's not the first year. Okay. The last concert I think is actually Christmas night. All right. So I mean, the oldest one's eighty three years old, and wow, I admire their stamina it was a lot of fun anyway all right now i know this is totally off topic stuff oh real quick before we get away from gospel music did you see this on the news that um armin morales passed away a few days ago they singer for the imperials 70s how old was he 90 oh that's right he was born in 32 yeah yeah yeah. and it said he was the owner and manager of the imperials all through the transitions you know i got one in that at the oak ridge boys okay somebody owns this entity oh yeah and i don't know if that's if the members are all owners or not or what now they're big piece of that yeah might have been so, i don't yeah, know yeah. but anyway that was kind of sad that armor morales uh yeah passed away by back a lot of good memory. yeah, yeah. so from the sound. the gospel group imperials yeah. for those who don't know that was really big in the 70s and i guess still right. go to this day i think i didn't know that extent. but huh. anyway, okay what do you got all right i have a dilemma have you ever heard of the monty hall problem well i know who monty hall was well, let's see he was a mc <clears> for the let's make, let's it, make it, it oh i watched that a bunch as a kid okay during the summers you know school was out you watch game shows and all this have you ever heard this though there's a a famous problem called the Monty Hall problem. Door number one, door number two, door number three. three. And this Marilyn Voss Savant, I think is her name, she's recorded as the highest IQ anywhere that's ever been recorded, they say in the world. And she used to have a column in Parade Magazine. Not familiar with her, but go ahead. And she put out, somebody wrote in with this problem, and she answered it, what she thought is the best thing to do. Well, a bunch of mathematicians challenged her on this and wrote back and said, no, you have misled people. I mean, a bunch of mathematicians, you know, from universities. And she explained why she said what she said. And then they all backed down and wrote back and said, okay, you're right. Now, right. Here's the dilemma. Okay. So you have three doors. Okay. You have a car behind one door and a goat behind each of the other two. Right. You pick door number one. But before they show you door number one, they're going to uncover door number three. So Monty Hall uncovers door number three, and it's got a goat. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you know the car's behind one or two. Now, at that point, you're allowed to then change your pick. You can stay with one or go with door number two. What are you going to do? I I, I guess I would stay with the pick. I mean, I... That's I'm what sure everybody I, says. Yeah. She says, no, you change your pick to number two. And they all said... Well, that's ridiculous because it's a 50-50 chance. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be one or two. She says, no, it's not. It's not a 50-50 chance at that point. And so she'd be explained. I think this is fascinating. Maybe I'm the only one. Does, but <laughs> Is there any spiritual significance she, no, to this? No, none whatsoever. Okay, all right. But she, um, so she said it's like this. When you pick door number one, there's a two-third chance that you're wrong mm-hmm. that it's either two or three. Okay? Yeah, you got one out of three chance of yeah. being right. Okay. Well, once they reveal door number three, it's still a one out of three chance. It's just now that door number two has a two-thirds chance of being right, and your pick has a one-third chance of being right. And she explained that was her rationale, and the mathematicians came back and said, well, actually, you're right. They didn't thought about that. So I thought that was fascinating. It's called. It's a very famous dilemma. You can Google I this. I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> 
I bet if they I bet if they did a trial, I mean, if you did like a hundred of these scenarios and what randomly there, I, I bet it would still be fifty fifty. They say that. it. Well, they say they, it's a, Google it. Google. Well, it's no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to Google it. I've anyway. already spent more time on this okay. than I care to spend. All right. Okay. So anyway, I thought it was interesting. I guess you didn't. Okay. Now I got to tell you this too. I, now I, I, you probably don't. Do you ever do you ever read Twitter? I mean, do you ever? No, read I'm not okay. on Twitter. I, I, I've got I'm, like, I'm reading I, a lot about Twitter yeah, right well, now. But so do you know who's a pretty decent grace teacher on twitter that um, tweets i mean as far as i can tell and i don't know as book theology but he does yeah. a lot of you're not gonna believe okay prolific tweeter about scripture uh-huh. and spiritual things all the time are you ready okay mr t remember him well, no okay i did not see that coming okay. yeah mr oh, t, i remember he, him yeah. yeah he's a christian never really watched that show but everybody knew about mr t well there wasn't no there. that show i mean he was on like oh a, he was on 18 yeah but yeah. okay but but uh-huh. he was famous for rocky he was in what the second third rocky yeah movie. yeah i do remember okay. that now rocky that's okay, your clubber lang is who okay. he played you know i pity the fool that was his big i remember line, that line okay. yeah and all the jewelry yeah yeah that. that was his thing well he's he's real he's sort of, you know he's totally in love with the lord and just Tweets out a lot of stuff, a lot of his gray stuff. And what's anyway, his name? What's his real? Does he have a I name? I don't know. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, what does that matter? I mean, Mr. T. Okay. Like they had anyway. a personal connection there, too. But you if, you, if you follow Twitter, go check out Mr. T and some of his stuff. Well, I think I pretty I good. Now, he, I'm not saying he's right about everything, but everything that I've read so far, I think he's pretty good. So, anyway, there you go. So, what do you got over there? Do you see about the guy that. Um, is on Babylon B. Don't you love the B? Um, yeah, I'm not as big on oh, really? it. It's okay. Well, some of it's kind of goofy, I think. But go ahead, go ahead. You know the guy that that highlighted, liked to highlight his Bible, and uh, he he realized eventually got to the point he realized he had highlighted every single verse in the entire Bible, and now he didn't know which verses were more important than the others. He didn't know which <laughs> yeah. verses to really pay attention to because he'd highlighted the entire Bible. So, okay, so well, that, made, that made you chuckle. A little yeah, bit. it's all right. So, yeah, it's all right. The uh, what else was I going to talk about before I lost my notes here? And you're not going to let me look at my phone, so I'm, I'm, my phone's dark. No, either. if you want no, to. I mean, okay, we're getting some halfway serious stuff here. I do remember some of the stuff I wanted to talk all right. about. Okay. Um, yeah, I mentioned a few. I've mentioned more than once on this podcast. We've talked about how that how our thinking has changed significantly in recent years. Probably, I think for both of us over the last five, six years, about yeah. the time we started writing our book, yeah. Breaking the Hex: Life with God After the Cross Killed Religion, available on Amazon for just a little bit under ten bucks. Anyway, um, but I mentioned more than once on this podcast that when we talk, when we compare what we understand or see, maybe is a better word now versus what we saw ten years ago, say that we still don't feel like we've seen everything, no, you know, no, and, and no. that we've talked about, you know, I think a few years from now, I'll probably look back and think, well, wow, I didn't see that at all back then and all that. I think I'm seeing some, and it's not that it's is maybe a little hard to articulate, but this whole thing of union versus separation, I, I'm beginning to see more and more that, I don't know if I would call it the difference. If it's not the difference, it's it's a, a big difference between religion and the gospel is separation versus union and what it is to be in Christ, Christ in us. We we highlight in our book the, the emphasis of in Christ and all the things that are in Christ. Yeah, it's the most common phrase really yeah. to describe a believer. But I don't I, I, I I'm thinking I'm kind of seeing that I know I think I know very little of what that really means. Um, to to understand that we are one with Christ. I heard a phrase last Sunday, and I even asked permission to bring this to mention this on a podcast. I, I love this analogy or phrase. I think you'll like it. Uh, the congregation we attend, see, last Sunday, it may have been the Sunday before. 
um, the one who was sharing the message shared a text conversation between him and his daughter going back about the humanity. The daughter was asking the father about things about the humanity of Jesus, the incarnation mm-hmm. and all that, which is fascinating that mm-hmm. God became a man. And, and we can talk some about that. But in that, one of the comments that she made when we talked about, you know, Jesus ascended as a man. I mean, that's the other. Yeah. That is, I think we have underappreciated the ascension. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, so God became a man. That is incredibly fascinating. We could spend the rest of our lives exploring the depths of that. But what is also amazing is that a physical man who had a body mm-hmm. ascended yeah. into heaven yeah. and is now at the right hand. And when and this, I read something else pointed out when Stephen was stoned, remember when he was stoned, it says he looked up and he saw the son of, I can't remember, the son, I think son of man standing at the right hand of God. You know, that was, uh-huh. there is a human being. And then that verse yeah. later on, that says there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So God took on flesh and then Jesus ascended into that. Anyway, the phrase that the daughter mentioned said, it's, it's kind of like we have matching tattoos with God. I thought that was good. Okay, explain. Got, yeah, so you, what? So where? Now maybe I'm thinking it beyond what she was. Okay, but I'm thinking, of course, you for me with the idea of matching tattoos and all that. Yeah. Um, although tattoos, as we think of them, are on the surface. You know, obviously not because it was the, the skin level. Humanity, was but because the, God became a man, and so um, the point is this: that God and you have matching tattoos in your heart. So it's not on the temper; it's in your heart, and that matching tattoo is Jesus Christ. He's a person. That Jesus became a man. Jesus is in you know, one with the Father. The fact that Jesus said, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. And then that we are in him and he is in that. And that we are joined. We are in one union with God. God is in us. We are in God. I mean, and that's something you can't just figure that out intellectually. You can't just yeah. re- look up the Greek. Well, and, and there's you know, a lot. Yeah, I mean, you said a lot, and there's a lot yeah. packed away in all yeah. that. There's several different concepts there together. But yeah, and really, that's you know, we're coming up to Christmas, and really, the whole thing of Christmas is just the miracle of how does God then become a baby? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's maybe the most jaw-dropping <clears throat> miracle in all the Bible is just the birth of Jesus. You know, I think have, I can't remember if I read this or thought of this that the, the incarnation was not a short-term mission trip. Yeah. You know, the idea, yeah. okay, God just kind of popped in for 33 years yeah. and left. Yeah. No, he, he he did enter into time and space in the form of a man, but he is still in the form of a man yeah. in that regard. I you think know, that's He's still God the Father, true. still God the Son, still God the Spirit. And we have been invited, or we have been brought in. I'll go beyond that. We have been brought in to the fellowship and the love of the Trinity of mm-hmm. God, the father, God, the son. And, and, you know, you read through John, I was reading through that some this morning about that, uh, you know, that he and the father and he and us and us and him. And, but then, I mean, if we really see that and God reveals that, that dramatically changes how we live. Well, okay. You know, so let me ask that. you this question. Does okay. this mean that I shouldn't try to get, you know, closer to God? I mean, is that what we're, well, that's one of the things that means, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's union versus separation. Yeah, right. I think no. so much of religion is based on separation. If you're listening for the first time, that, I was just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, God's over here, you're over here, um, that you need to do more. To get closer, right. You know, it's kind of weird. You think back, you know, all of our lives, we were talking, okay, and I still think the Trinity is a Trinity. I don't think the Trinity is a quad Trinity now, you know, in that sense, that we've, you know, a fourth person in, in the Trinity is us. I don't think it's that. No. But... But all of our lives, you're not God. You know, you, you, you're you not, 
you know, you are not God. Well, it says, as he you is, so are we in this But then world. you got other verses, yeah. we're supposed yeah. to yeah. live godly. Yeah. And then it says, we're children of God. Right. And so that means we have his nature. And so oh, I, we have I, been given a divine nature. I mean, the Bible's yeah. very clear about yeah. that. And so I, I think religion kind of tries to scare us away from that. And I think it's oh, demonic, yeah. behind, satanic behind that, of trying to scare away that that we have the divine nature. Christ is in us. We are in Christ. We are one with him. And I thought of this. Remember that verse in John, and I, th- I think it's John 5, 6, somewhere in there, where Jesus said, and, I, and this is something dawned on me all by myself. I didn't read this anywhere, Roger. I didn't all hear right, it on a podcast. Here we go. This may have actually been the Spirit of God this, bringing so something to my mind. So the following views of say represent those of both of the Fields so, brothers. But well, no, this ahead. is not that. that you'll, 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 this is not. It's not controversial. I don't think. But you know, remember those verses where Jesus said, "I I, um, I say what I hear the Father saying. Mm-hmm. I do what I see the Father doing." It dawned on me that He did not say, and I think this is the way we kind of read it, and people try to live their so so called Christian life these days. He did not say I do. He did not say I say what the Father tells me to say. Right. He did not say I do what the Father tells me to do. Yeah. Because there's separation there. Right. You got the Father over here. You got the Son over here, and He's telling you what to say, and He's telling you what to do. That's separation. Mm -hmm. But union is I say what I hear the Father saying. I do what I. And so think about how that impacts our lives. And so I mean, the example that Jesus had with Father is the example of. Jesus and us, not in the outward actions necessarily. It's not that we're just to mimic outward actions, but he is a model for that union, just the union that he had with the Father. Yeah. We have that union with Jesus. See, and I think that's right. what, it says, what it means when it says in the New Testament, we walk as Jesus walked. Yes. That doesn't mean yes. we go around trying to be a Middle Eastern social <clears throat> wearing worker. Wearing a robe. It and, it's the, it's you know, the relationship he had with and, his Father. Right. We get to have that kind of relationship. That oneness, that union. And so, I mean, think about that going through your day, that – and and that's why we don't no, we're not big fans of the term following Jesus. I remember one time when when someone yeah. I had a little conversation with a with a good friend and he mentioned following Jesus and, and the phrase just immediately came to my mind and I said it that well that implies separation. Yeah. And I I didn't think that through ahead of time. Yeah. But since then I think that is exactly it. It, it implies separation. Now there's a way to explain it. You go through two or three steps, you can get around that, I realize. But but in general the idea that and this, this is even more than Christ living through us. You know, in, in the grace movement, we're big on we, we don't live for Christ. Christ lives through us. And I think Andrew Farley has helped me in that. He, he's not, I don't think he really emphasizes that phrasing a lot of times mm-hmm. because it gets to be kind of like an empty tube. You know, we're yeah. just empty tubes, and there, there's still some separation there. Yeah. That is him living through us as opposed to, I, I like the phrase, him living as us that we are a part of Christ. You know, we throw around the phrase, yeah, we're part of the body of Christ. Oh, yeah, we're part of the body of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you really believe that? What that, what that means is you're supposed to serve in the nursery. That's oh, yeah. what that really means. You're part of the yeah, body. you got to do the, your part. Uh, the big toes serve yeah. in the nursery and the, yeah, you know, right. the mouths are behind means. the pulpit. And yes, all that. that's what that means. But that's true. But you think about it in Colossians 3, Christ is our life. And then that verse you mentioned from First John, as he is, you know, as, as Christ, what is that? As he is, so are we in this world. Yeah. But when you go through this day, realize okay i am christ in me you know i the the incarnation was not a short-term mission trip he is and then that also i mean that impacts how you relate to other people too because he's in them as well and so one another and so i just i just think we have so much yet to discover i think discover is a good word for this so much to discover about our union with christ 
and what it is to live out of that, live from that, not live for it, but live from that union and, and restfulness and, and, right. and in love. I don't so. know if I have time to do this or not, but it does dovetail with what you're saying. So okay. I'll take a shot at it. Okay. Right. I can tell you what I believe now may be the best way to illustrate the problem with the modern church. Okay. And it's the way we pray. Okay. okay. If you go to any prayer group and you say, <laughs> we're going to take prayer requests, what are you going to get? You know exactly what you're going to get. Well, my Aunt Thelma uh-huh. is having her gallbladder removed tomorrow in Peoria, and we need to pray that the doctors will remember everything yeah. they learned in medical school. Or my Uncle George got laid off from the warehouse. and we need Or it may not even be your uncle. It's yeah. your it's your co-worker's yeah. uncle. Yeah, co-worker's uncle, whatever. Yeah. But it's always yeah. those kinds of yeah. things. You know. Now, to take a little side trip, you know, the whole thing about praying for the doctors really strikes me. It's so funny, too. You know, It's <laughs> like, what do we prayers. think is what, 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 what do you think is really going to happen? You know, the doctor's going to get there and think, now, where is that gallbladder? And then God's going to reveal it. Oh, there it is right there. I'm going to take that. So, have you, have you seen but, the re- real quick, have you seen the recent meme about if Paul saw the church in America today? No. If, if the Apostle Paul saw the church in America today, we'd be getting a letter. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So this relates to that. So, okay, go ahead. So here's what I think. It, I think this is kind of a valid way to see the difference. I love Paul's prayers as he reveals them, particularly in Ephesians. And I love this one in Colossians. This one I'm going to mm-hmm. key in on. Okay. I think it's one of the coolest scriptures to think that this is the way that Paul prayed for people. Nobody ever prays like this now. Now, listen to this. He says, I don't cease praying this for you. Okay. Now, I'm going to break this down. But this is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through verse 14. I don't think I'll read the whole thing, but let me give you some of the highlights. He said, First of all, I'm praying that you're going to know the knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You're going to really know how God's, what God's doing. And that knowing is more than just an intellectual. Yeah. Right. You're going to know the Greek right. words behind this. Well, and, all and we're getting there. Gonna... Okay. And that you produce fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, he said, talks about that. He says, I want you to know the knowledge of God, which having the knowledge is knowing not just about God, but knowing mm-hmm. intimately, knowing God, experiencing God. Okay, he goes, I want you to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So I want you to have inward power. For, you know, you can interpret that any way you want, but that means something. And he says, I want you to have, uh, with all patience and endurance, I want you to have joy. I want you to, I want you to enjoy your life with God. That's his prayer. He goes, and I want you to give thanks for him because he's qualified you. Now, you're not qualified yourself. He has qualified you to share in his inheritance. Has, past tense, has qualified yeah, us. Yeah, and you have an inheritance. So whatever you think that means, it's something. And then he's delivered you out of darkness and transferred you into a kingdom. Past tense again. Of his beloved son. Has delivered us, has translated. In whom you have redemption, which means the whole Current. thing has already been paid for. Yep. That's what redemption means. We sometimes mm-hmm. over-spiritualize redemption. It just means everything's been paid for. Mm-hmm. And you have forgiveness. All past tense. So Paul basically says, I want you to experience all of this that God has done for you. And he lays that out in, in several different ways or kind of, peels it apart in several different ways. That's a huge, big, audacious prayer. Yeah, that's great. And so we, and, but we dumb it. And I'm not against praying for Uncle George to get another job when he gets laid <laughs> off. That's fine. And I don't mind praying for and then, you know, tell God, Philippians, tell God your needs. You know, yeah. So. But you, you know, isn't it interesting though? You don't see that kind of prayer request coming from Paul or in the New Testament. I mean, it's yeah. very rare. Paul says, you know, we need to pray for Titus because he, you know, he's. Tummy's hurting, or what? You got a job what? interview coming. Yeah, you got a job interview. I mean, you know, you just, so and it's like it's, it's okay to pray for that kind of stuff, but you got to pray some big prayers occasionally. And Paul's prayers are big, 
audacious, bold yeah. prayer. In Ephesians 1, you know, that the eyes of your understanding may be open, yeah. and then Ephesians 3, that you right. may know the love of Christ, right. and very similar right. to There's that. Other, right, this is just one example, but uh, I think that's the problem. I think, now, if you go, when they ask, the next time you go to a small group and they ask for prayer requests, say, well, I like to pray, and just start going, but, I mean, <laughs> they would one like, of these well, things. yeah, so I like to pray that y'all would just know the inheritance of God, that you can go through all the people would think, wow, what is, you know. I mean, it, just, but isn't that interesting, though? That we just don't. I mean, that, do that. that does fit the separation and union thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, basically, yeah, it's just yeah. to see the union that we have. Because, oh, I mean, all this stuff is in Christ, yeah. you know, because we're one in Him. Now, this actually, I mean, this really dovetails with something I was going to, and I honestly thought this before I came in, this kind of dawned on me this morning. I thought, you know, I would like, and based on this union thing, it was on my mind, I was going to suggest, and I'm suggesting it now. That we that I do something we have never done before in the history of the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I don't think I wanted to say a prayer toward the end of our podcast. Okay, all right, and go that for fits it. perfectly. So I mean, yeah, go I ahead. Think we kind of end with that. So yeah. I mean, anything else before we? No, go about, ahead. About You're good. Go ahead. So yeah. then, I, and I'm thinking we just ended with this, and we don't have an outro. We'll save the funny outro for the next podcast. Yeah, that's maybe, fine. Or something like that. But so uh, that's great. So we ready? Yep. Good. Okay. Good. All right, Father, you you're an incredible father. Uh, we are your children. Uh, you have given birth to us through your son through your spirit lord jesus you live in us we are in you holy spirit uh, you are the one who reveals all the things that have been freely given to us and we see what paul prayed and um, that's our prayer as well that our eyes would be open that we would know uh, the inheritance that we have that we would know what it is to to walk in union with you that we would discover more and more, that our eyes will be open more and more to the incredible power that is in us, that your Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that you who raised Jesus from the dead live in us. So, Lord, may, um, may we know who we are. May we know the love of Christ uh, more and more fully, that, um, that we might experience your, your power, your love, your grace, your joy. Um, that you are able to do immeasurably, abundantly above all that we even ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen.